Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Keith Nestor, and once again, I'm your guest host this week. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of gospel reflections, a time where groups from around the state and country get together and read the gospel for this week's Mass. And then we discuss what it means to us and how it's impacting our daily lives. Friends, that's what we're going to do today. And joining me is my awesome brother from another mother, Mr. Marty Rotella from Spirit Power Ministry. Marty's a powerhouse, and I'm excited to have him with me today. Marty, how are you doing, my brother? Oh, great, Keith. Thanks for the invite. Hello, everybody out there. I'm doing fine, and uh, let's get moving. I love this stuff. God is now, awesome. You, you probably picked up on the fact that Marty's also uh, from the East Coast, which is where most of you who are listening are kind of near there. Uh, I'm in Iowa out here, so I don't have, you know, the the East Coast vibe going on. But Marty sure does. You live in like right across from New York in Jersey, right, Marty? Yeah, I'm in northern New Jersey. If you know the area, George Washington Bridge right across from New York City. That's where I'm at. Beautiful, beautiful. Man, that's amazing stuff. Well, Marty, we're going to have a great time today talking about the gospel from John chapter 3 on on for the readings for the solemnity of the most holy trinity. Before we jump into that though, would you mind opening us in a word of prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, it's the it's the feast of the Holy Trinity and uh to me that's so beautiful and we always rush the sign of the cross. So let's not rush it. Let's really think about it as we Glory to God the Father. Yeah. And Father, everything in your will, help us because we want to do that. Second, all glory to Jesus, the, the name of all names. We do everything in your name, Jesus. You're an awesome God, and thank you for what you've done for us. And then the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just left Pentecost, and Pentecost wasn't just 2,000 years ago. Pentecost is today, right now, as we ask you to come into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls and to give us a refreshment so we can go out there and be your love. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's beautiful, Marty. I'm glad you uh, slowed us down a little bit to take time to reflect on that sign of the cross. You know, the sign of the cross is, that's the, the people have said that's like the earliest Trinitarian creed that there is, you know, that we declare our belief in God three in one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Every time we get together to pray or we pray on our own and we make that sign of the cross, we are reminded of this truth of God coming to us as a trinity, God's nature as a trinity. And our gospel today is pretty awesome. Uh, we see the motivation behind God sending his son into the world, John 3, 16 through 18, probably the most popular scripture verses in existence, at least in our day and age right now. And it goes this way. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed 
in the name of the only son of God. Powerful stuff today, Marty. I mean, what do you think of when you, when you hear that? Well, Keith, you know, just this morning I was at mass and right at the mass, uh, I was led to contemplation and uh, the meditation was just that one word, Jesus. And to say it slowly, just like we just did the uh, sign of the cross slowly, Jesus. And then I added, which is beautiful. Holy Spirit led me. Jesus, pronoun, you and me. Me and you, Jesus. That's it. That was the prayer. And that went on for like 15 minutes, just slowly closing my eyes and spending time with him. And that word given to us by the Father, my son, Jesus, me, you and me, me and you. Wow. Powerful. So simple. So powerful. It, it is. It's simple and powerful. But at the same time, it can be kind of hard to understand, too. I mean, trying to figure out how to wrap your mind around God being three in one. It, it's not the kind of thing that human beings can completely figure out with our finite brains. <laughs> well, you know, when I was a kid, I was peeling an orange. Uh, I was seven because I was ready for communion. And uh, they were telling me about this trinity, three in one. And uh, it was easy for me to understand as I peeled the orange because the orange is three in one. <laughs> if the orange can be three in one, surely God can, you know, the, the rind, the fruit and the seeds. And I said, wow, as a seven year old, what a great gift that was. So hopefully anybody out there, hopefully that might help. Where just three and one is so simple in an orange, and that's how simple it is with the great God. Yeah, I think that's interesting. You know, I remember growing up in the in the Methodist church. We, um, you know, we always had children's time before the sermons. Catholic, you know, as a Catholic, we don't we don't have children's time anymore. But but um, but like what that looked like in the Methodist church was before the sermon would happen, someone, a pastor or a, a volunteer, would come up to the front. And they'd call all the little kids up to the front of the church. And then the person would sit there and give a little children's reflection to the little kids. And I remember when it was always time to talk about the Trinity, they would pull out those types of visual aids, you know, an orange or an egg or something like that to try to show these kids some, another example of three in one. Now, I think those things are are good to help us sort of wrap our mind around them from a certain perspective, but we have to be careful because anytime you try to you try to over-explain the Trinity, you'll wind up usually committing some kind of heresy um, because it's, you know, and throughout church history, we've seen that. People would say things like, well, when God came in the flesh, you know, Jesus just seemed to be God. You know, that was that was just one of the modes. So that was a, a, a heresy called modalism. Other ones, you know, like Arianism said, well, Jesus wasn't really God. He was a creation by God. He's the son of God, but he's not God himself. And it's interesting that the church has always pushed back on these explanations that we make that when we try to take it to a step further to understand it, like it's one thing to kind of just be able to grasp the concept. But when we try to say, ah, I figured it out. I understand how it all works, friends. We can't really do that. That's why we have to re remember that we receive these things on faith. But one of the things that I think is really powerful is that if 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 we could wrap our minds, uh, our, our human minds around an infinite God, what does that really say about God? Wow. It's gigantic. 
it's it's mystery at its greatest. So so Our Lady, you know, she's right there behind me. You know, uh, Jesus said from the cross, "Behold your mother." That means to look at her. Well, she stood at the cross. His best friends ran away. I don't want to run. I want to stand there. I want to have faith. So I hold Mary's hand. Mary's hand helps me with my faith. And it's powerful because in the faith, then I can get through uh, at least understanding as a human, the mystery of God, this greatness of God. Of course, we're not going to know the greatness and, and the great mystery here, but we will when we get to heaven. So it's so powerful to have the faith here. That's why I hold Mary's hand because she helps me to hang in there. She helps me to just say, okay, God, you're way beyond anything I can understand, but I'm there. I love you. And, and, and please bless me. Amen. Yeah. That's a great example too, because one of the other things that, that is mysterious about our faith that, that God like gives us these things that we need and, and they're true, but they're hard to get. Like Mary is the mother of God. Okay. How does that work? God created her. You know, when I have conversations with people about that, sometimes that, that maybe don't share our Catholic faith, they say things like, well, no, Mary is not the mother of God. She's the mother of the son of God. She's the mother of Jesus. But you know, then that's when you push through this issue and say, well, wait a minute, let's talk about Jesus. Then is yeah. Jesus God? Yes or no. That's a, that's a yes or no question. But when you start to play these things out, people sometimes want to back away from that because of the implications, because mm. if Jesus is God and Mary is his mother then it, it follows logically that Mary is the mother of God. Now, that doesn't mean that Mary created God. That doesn't mean that Mary pre-existed God. The church clearly teaches us that Mary is a creation, that God created his own mother. And when you think, wow, that's amazing. But look at all the other things that we embrace. You know, on the cross, we believe that God died. God died. Jesus Christ is God. And if we don't believe that, then at the at the bottom line here, what we're doing is we're denying the essence of the Trinity. And so to embrace the Trinity means to embrace all of these things that we can't fully wrap our minds around, but that's okay. Because yeah. God never said we would we would be able to do that, Marty. He said that 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 he would love us. And again, that's where our gospel comes to us today. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You know, the, the, the expression of love is made manifest in the fact that the second person of the Trinity, the son, comes to the earth sent by the father because of his mm. great love for us. Amen. Powerful, Amen. Marty. You know, yeah, staying with Mary for a second, Jesus from the cross says, behold your mother. That means to see. Look at her, mm -hmm. okay? Great way to look at her is through Scripture. So what does she give us in Scripture? This is great at the wedding in Cana. She says, do as he tells you. She doesn't say, do as I tell you. She says, do as he tells you. So Jesus says, behold her, look at her. And Mary says, do as he tells you. And boy, I tell you, that's so powerful. Even God the Father said it. He said it at the baptism. He said it at the transfiguration, all right? This is my son. Listen to him. So the key here is Jesus. It's really powerful. So even when we go there, it's it's a great lesson. Lesson from Jesus and it's a lesson from Mary holding her hand. It certainly is. And and when you think about how the Jews in the Old Testament, you know, our, our first reading from the day comes from um, you know, it comes from the book of Deuteronomy. And it's it's all about how, or I'm sorry, from the book of Exodus, and it talks about how God spoke to Moses in a cloud. And he proclaimed his name, Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Now, 
if you really look into what that where that came from, the spelling of of the name of God, that what you realize is that that's that's a representation of the personal name of God. But in and of itself, it isn't a name. It's it's how the Jews translated that and then how people translated that into English, because it literally means I am who I am or I will be. It's not like, hey, my name is Joe or Steve or Marty or Keith. It's no, who is, what is the name of God? I am who I will be, right? And ultimately yeah. that revelation of the God whose name we can't even understand comes to us in Jesus Christ. And the scripture tells us that there is no name given under heaven by which men must be saved in the name of Jesus. So now we have his name and his name Amen. is Jesus. This God who was, who was thought to be unapproachable but who always wanted relationship with us, right? We look at the, the way that God made heaven and the earth. You know, he, he created Adam and Eve. He walked with them in the garden. God desired that relationship. But through our sin, we walked away to the point now where people were afraid to approach this, this fearful and living God. But now this, uh, this fearful and living God has approached us, in the yeah. person of Jesus Christ. And that name given, to, you know, St. Joseph was, of course, given that vision by Gabriel who said, you will name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Yeah. You know, the name of Jesus, if you notice my head is bowing, that's what we were taught as young you know, Catholics, that when you say that name, Jesus, it's the most, it's the greatest name of all time. There's just nothing like it. So Jesus. But when I'm one-on-one -on -one with him and I need to talk to him, you know, I go, Jesus, I bow my head. But then I go like this, yo, big guy, we got to talk because he's my best friend. It's <laughs> unbelievable how we elevate him, elevate him to where he's supposed to be. He's God, Jesus, I bow my head. But then say, yo, big guy, we gotta talk. We got, I got something we gotta talk about. Also in that scripture, what's beautiful is Moses goes to the mountain. And what does the mountain represent? Well, let's go to the life of Jesus. Jesus was always going to the mountain. Jesus mm -hmm. was going to the desert. Yeah, and why? Because that's where he was connecting. That's where he had to stop and connect so he could be the best love for everybody he met. What a great example for you and me. This great Jesus going to the mountain, going to uh, even Moses going to the mountain. All right. These are examples going to the desert where we can be one with God. So when we uh, are with people, we can be his words and his actions. Amen. Amen. He comes to us out of love for the father and for us. Because he wants us to be saved. Now, here's what's interesting. You know, everyone loves John 3, 16, but we have to remember that the next verses too fit into this. You know, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, but he doesn't send his son to condemn us, but to save us. And the reality is he doesn't send his son to condemn us because without him, we're already condemned. We don't need to be condemned by Jesus. We're already condemned without him. We need to be saved. And I think part of our realization of, of the plan of salvation, the gospel, is to recognize where we are right now if we don't have him. And, you know, the scripture is true, man. It, it points out the reality that in our sins, we are dead. We can do nothing apart from him. And without him, we are lost. But because he loves us, he has come that we might have life. And it's amazing to me, Marty, yeah. how many people don't don't want to go there. They want to say, well, no, God just came, you know, Jesus just came to give me a better life or to do what I want or to, you know, make me powerful. You know, I could do all things through Jesus Christ. So that's always about me. Uh, people take that verse out of context all the time, Philippians 4.13. 
But what we have to remember is, no, we are in need of a savior. We are in need of salvation because of our sin. But yet, because of his great love, God sent Jesus to die on a cross for us so that we could be reconciled to the Father, so that we could be not condemned. We could move our status from condemned to not condemned. And that, that's an act of love, but it also requires it also requires an act of faith on our part, doesn't it, Marty? Oh, my gosh. You know, besides that act of faith, um, I always say every day, I say, you know, God, you got to lead me because I don't know what I'm doing. I used to say, a Holy Spirit, be my words and my actions. I changed it. Holy Spirit, let me be your words, your actions. You know, and then when I read scripture, especially when I read the four gospels and I look at Jesus, I think this is a key. And I was taught this. This is so awesome that to really concentrate on each word that Jesus said, he said mm. all these beautiful lines in scripture, but to concentrate on them, not just to say it, just like a song, you sing a song, you just sing it. No, how about praying it? Pray each line. So pray each word he says, and then apply it to your everyday life. And what does that mean? To be Jesus on the streets. Yeah, not fanatical. We don't need fanatics. What we need is love. We need the love of Jesus. So how do I go and I interact with people? Just read the scripture. Read what he said. Read what he did. And then as you do that, you apply it to your life. Now you become powerful in his name. You become powerful in your, do, you do, in your actions and your words because you're following him through scripture. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we've got to follow him. You know, and here's the thing. Following Jesus, that that's that's not always going to lead us to worldly prosperity and 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 an easy life, but well it, where it will lead us to is to heaven, where where we ultimately want to be. But we don't get there following ourselves. We get there following Jesus. And you know, let's talk about the Holy Spirit for a moment because you know the third person of the Holy Spirit. Um, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, Jesus says about the Holy Spirit that he will testify unto me, right? He will remind Amen. you of everything I said. So the Holy Spirit's job, it's like the Trinity is this, this infinite exercise of love between the three and one to where God sends the Son, the Son does the will of the Father, the Spirit is sent from the Father and the Son, and the Spirit also glorifies the Son and points people to Jesus who points people to the Father. It's like you can't separate the, the the three persons of the Trinity from the standpoint of relationally and 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 love, although there are different persons. And again, this is where it gets a little bit just awesome to the point where we can't even wrap our minds around it. But a lot of things in life are like that, Marty. You know, I can't I can't imagine when I when I had my first daughter, I'm sure you know you you went through the same thing with your kids. You know, is your oldest your son or your daughter? My son. When you when your firstborn was born. You you loved him with a huge heart, with every ounce of your heart. When the second one comes along, you think to yourself, how could I ever love another another person as much as I love my firstborn? Yeah. But then what happened? Yeah, your heart expands. Your capacity for love expands. And that's kind of how I feel about the Trinity when I think about, man, I don't, I don't know how I could even possibly comprehend this. But, you know, St. Paul says that now we see things like like through a dim glass, but there will be a day where we will see things clearly, you know, and part of that is understanding the nature of who God is and understanding that. I feel like he's given us enough for us to know what we need to know, but not even scratching the surface of the, the, the awesomeness of who God is. 
Well, you know, you just talked about our children. And I, I thought about this when I held my son in the palm of, of my hand. He was born. He had the umbilical cord still attached. And what I did was I thought of one cell. He started one cell, and now his whole body's in the left, the palm of my left hand. And then I think of me, much bigger than my son. All these cells become, you know, become this beautiful living being. You talk about the immensity of God. Then I look at a a a. a, a a, a giant redwood tree. It started as a seed, and yet it's this gigantic tree that could fit into a cathedral. It's And you think about it, it's reaching the clouds, and it all started with a seed. That's so miraculous, but think of God way beyond that, way beyond that. It's just, and it, and it makes me say, wow, a real big wow, amen. Amen, yeah, the seed of faith planted in our hearts Jesus uses that analogy all the time of how the smallest of seed can grow into this incredible, this incredible organism that that is powerful. And, and when we just have the smallest type of faith, uh, the smallest amount of faith, I guess, that we can see many amazing things happening, but not not because of the amount of faith that we have, but because of the object of our faith. Right. The Holy Trinity, Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit, my friends, when we put our faith in God. You know, as John 3.16 says, everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. Friends, that's the reality. We can have eternal life if we put our faith in him because of the love of God. Everyone's so afraid sometimes of, oh, well, if I make God mad, is God, you know, remember God reached out to you in love. And when we put our faith in him, when we follow his commands, that's in essence us grabbing the hand that he's extended unto us and saying, okay, I'm going to do my life your way. You know, you see these signs, people put them up everywhere. John 3:16, John 3:16. If only people would know the power behind putting their faith in Christ and the love that they have. I wonder if this world would be a different place, Marty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so big, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I just were you talking, I'm sitting here being so refreshed saying, "God, I love you so much." You know, he thought of me and he thought of you people. He thought of us before he created the universe. Wow. And we're unique. He never made us before. He never will make us again. So not only is he beyond anything, we're pretty beyond. Because, wow, thank you, God, for, for creating Amen. me, for loving me. I'm making you part of the family. Yeah, that's what he wants. God doesn't just want to get you in line. He wants to get you in the family. And yeah. <laughs> to be part of his family is, is man, it's the greatest thing ever, my friends. And, and I tell you what, if, if you've strayed away from the Lord or if you don't know God, you need to understand this. You were fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says, by this God who is in, incomparable, incomprehensible, and, and, and our minds can't conceive him. That God made you and has a desire to, to have relationship with you and has sent his only son to this world to die on the cross that you might have the opportunity to be saved, to have eternal life with him. But remember, friends, you've got to believe in him. It's not just enough to do some good things. Oftentimes people want to reduce this. Oh, well, if I'm just a nice person, if I'm a good person, of course, we always decide what that means. And if I'm just good, then I don't need church. I don't need anything like that because I'm already a good person. Friends, God didn't give you church to make you a good person. Right, church is for God, not for you. Church is where we worship the living God and we receive Him, of course. But remember this: in and of ourselves, we can't really be good anyway. Jesus said, 
there's only one who is good, God alone. So when we, when we come before him, we must put our faith in him. Then all of Amen. the things that we do as a result of that and, and working together, those, those faith and those works working together, now we're getting somewhere, my friends. But I find that oftentimes people want to focus on one or the other. They want to focus on, well, I'm a good person, so I don't really need to have a religious belief. Or they say, well, I have the right religious belief, so it doesn't really matter what I do. Because I just, I have got the right theology, but friends, the scripture shows us that we, we must do both. We, we have to believe absolutely. And we have to obey Christ. So when we do that by his grace and by his power, friends, then we can experience that love. He says, whoever believes in him will not be condemned. You know, some people out there, they've been trying really hard, Marty. They've been, they've been doing everything they can do, but they still feel like they're not good enough. They still feel condemned. Like God doesn't love them. Friend, if you hear one thing that we're saying today, hear this, God loves you. And if your faith is in Christ, you are not condemned. Romans tells us that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, if you put your faith in him, he doesn't condemn you. He will, he will not cast you out. He'll receive you. Now you got to walk with him. Yes. But understand this, when you really truly put your faith and trust in him and love him the way he loves you, friends, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. You, you, you'll, you'll be drawn to him in a powerful way. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. Marty, I want to thank you for taking time to be with us today. Tell us a little bit about you and your ministry and what you've been up to where people can find out more about Spirit Power. Okay, spiritpowermusic.org. That's the website, spiritpowermusic.org. And what we're doing is we're bringing the love of Jesus, the great Catholicism word, uh, Mary. We're bringing that to the world so people can, uh, you know, step on board. Uh, one of the greatest things is we didn't create ourselves. Somebody did. All right. That's this proof. You didn't create yourself. So um, somebody did. And, and he has a way that's so beautiful. Uh, you know, I'll do it my way. No, we can't do it our way because we didn't create ourselves. So what's your purpose? Your purpose is to love. And how to love? Just, just, call out to them. And, uh, you know, what I do is I go around with music, I give retreats, um, and I try to give wherever I can, fundraisers, uh, whoever needs it. I don't ask to go anywhere. I don't have a fee and it's just whoever can, uh, that needs what I do and whoever wants to, um, uh, you know, uh, touch base with God through uh, a new way that, that I give, which is music and, and talks. So. And what's the website, Marty? Spiritpowermusic.org. Awesome. Everyone check it out, my friends. You'll be, you'll be amazing. If you ever see that Marty's coming through your town, make sure you go and hang out. You will love it. Marty's absolutely awesome. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us here on Reflections from the Heart. It's been an honor to open up the Word of God with you, and I pray that God's blessings would be upon you. And we, we are so thankful that you've taken this time to join us together, and God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.